Good morning. How are y'all today? I'm great. A little tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little uh, recovering today. Get ready for tomorrow. Um, it's been a busy week, uh, not just for me, but we've had a new baby be born. Lindsay and Sammy, they had their baby. Um, Charles is elected speaker again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whether, whether a special prayer for Charles for the next couple of years. Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired this morning. Been uh, driving back and forth to uh, Oklahoma City since Tuesday with uh, 13 through 18 year olds at various points in time in the truck for a couple hours at a time. I've learned a lot of things. Not really. <laughs> Uh, I heard a lot of stories, though. I had, one, I had one boy that told us probably at least an hour's worth of snow geese hunting stories. I hadn't heard very many of those, but evidently there's no limit on snow geese for how many you can shoot or how long you can talk about them. So uh, we have a, a boy that's nicknamed as Snow Goose now. You guys that are in school may know who I'm talking about later on once we all get back from all this. But uh, back last night, we were leaving 5 in the morning, getting home. Anywhere between 8 and 11. Um, didn't do any good at the show this past week with anything. We got sifted with everything we took. <laughs> Nine gilts and two does. And it, it was not an exciting week as far as placing up there. And it was long just, just being there. But it, it was fun. We had a good time. Uh, relationships were built while we were there, I think, even more. And I got to people watch a little bit. Meredith is the people watcher of us, too. She has been for a long time. She loves to just sit at the Walmart parking lot and watch people. And uh, well, she's, if I had to run and get something, she's always got a story about people. She watches people. She pays attention to everybody. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> but she's always been the people watcher. She's, she pays way more attention to what's going on around her than I do, which is probably a good thing because then we have two kids now. <laughs> but she's just really observant. She watches people. Um, she tries to figure out what's going on with them. And uh, I know a lot of people are like that. I'm not that way so much. I can be a little bit. And this week definitely gave me the opportunity to be a little more. When you're sitting around a pig pen and you're watching all these people, you realize like in big basketball games or any kind of big event um, that I've ever been to, there's always a wide variety of personalities and uh, people in the room. And you kind of figure out real quick who you'd want to hang out with and who you wouldn't. And uh, we make that judgment pretty quick just based off of people and how we see them. I saw a lot of sad things this week. Um, seen some exciting things too. But you know, you see parents that you just get so involved in the show animal and the com competition side of it that they can't see the big picture of their kid learning and being responsible. Uh, it kind of breaks your heart when you see those parents just come down to the kids and they didn't place the way they, they wanted to. Seen several of those instances. I saw an ag teacher uh, yell at a girl for taking 30 minutes to go eat lunch. She was trying to explain to him how long the line was. It's like a fair type up there. And he wasn't having it. He wanted her right back, and they were like still an hour and a half from showing. People get really excited. If you guys have ever been to OIE, Oklahoma Youth Expo, it is a long, drawn out process. Each class takes about 30 minutes, um, depending on how fast your judge is. So if you're in class four, that doesn't really mean you have to be there super early to get ready. You have plenty of time. And just get people to understand that from all the other shows we've been to um, was kind of hard. So there are a lot of different personality types there, not just with our 
own students and parents that we took, but with just everyone there in one spot. And as the week went on, people were getting tired, and it's hard to, a lot of times, deal with your emotions really fast when you're exhausted. So last week, we talked about reclining with people, and we did that some, not in like lazy boy recliners in a living room, but in a lawn chair in a pig barn. We reclined some together this week and got to know some people, and also realized if you recline too long with some people, uh, that can be a bad thing too. <laughs> So we're going to pick up kind of where we left off last week about just being present, being conscious of time, realizing the important things, and uh, trying to make time to invest in those important things, not just getting wrapped up in the busyness of it all or the competition of it all. So um, I don't consider myself to have a lot of enemies. I get around, along with a lot of people. Um, I try to do that. I try not to be very confrontational or aggressive. Unless it's just not my personality type. Some people are that way. And um, that's not terrible, <laughs> but I just, I'm, I'm been laid back my whole life. I don't know why I just don't get super worked up about a lot of things. And that also has its disadvantages too, because you can sit back a little bit too much and, um, maybe not speak up when you should. So I have to be conscious of that, but I kind of had to check myself a little bit this week. I'm going to be referring a lot to, uh, the stock show cause it's like been my whole mindset this past week. So if you can't relate to that, I'm sorry. Just envision something completely different where there's a lot of people involved and it probably won't smell as bad what you're imagining. <laughs> but for some reason, the State Fair of Oklahoma thinks that it's a great idea to have the largest youth expo in the world, livestock show, um, the state tournament, and a car show all in the state fairgrounds at the same time. I don't know. I'm sure money has a big part to do with that, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like the greatest idea just having so many people at one spot at one time. It's crazy. We took our boys up there yesterday just trying to make sure they're with us all the time. You're, you're wiggling through people. But like I said, I don't, I don't consider myself to have a lot of enemies, but I've been thinking on this quite a bit this week about um, just enemies in general. And I looked up, I'm a definition guy. I looked up the definition of enemies. It's a person who is... Um, I wrote it sideways. A person who's actually opposed, or no, actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. That's my own handwriting. That's why I couldn't read it. So someone who is actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. And when you put it in that perspective, they could be actively opposed to something and not necessarily just at a person, but at an idea. Then we realize that enemies branch out a lot farther than just a, a competitor or a rival. Even though those are, those are synonyms of the word, um, and there is competition with enemies. Enemies can be people that you're close to that just share different beliefs than you do, or different ideas than you do. And it doesn't mean that necessarily they're an enemy that you're just going to you know, hate them forever and they're always going to hate you. But it's anyone that's actively opposed to an idea or um, a person, something or someone. So if they're hostile toward an idea or hostile towards a person, they're considered an enemy. So it's kind of interesting how we put such a negative um, emphasis on the word enemy, but it really is just anyone who doesn't agree with you. That's really all that it is by definition. So when you put it that way, anyone, like the, the examples I gave earlier of the ag teacher that was just so irate at this student for standing in line to eat a sandwich at lunch and not being back at her pen when he wanted her to, in my mind, I'd kind of villainized him a little bit. Like, I never want to be that guy that just yells and throws a big fit and makes a big scene in public. So I had made him an enemy in my mind. I'm not kind of hostile toward him now. 
uh, the parent who was yelling at their kid because they didn't place the way they thought they should have, because they didn't hold their pig's head up enough, or whatever the case was. Um, I had made them an enemy in my heart and my mind. And I think we do that a lot without even realizing it. So when we think about our enemies, I've always thought about it just someone that is constantly in my face trying to keep me from doing anything that I want to do, putting me down. And it can be that, but it can also be really simple. It can be someone that you just kind of made, I'm just not going to go around them anymore. So when I think about it that way, it makes a lot more sense, the words that Jesus uses when he addresses enemies. Today we're going to be in Matthew um, 5. Verse 43. Before we get there, as I've said, um, go to any public event and you can make some mental enemies really quick. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're in a show or anything else. Just being around people, even in the workplace. I know there's people that, you know, sometimes you just learn to avoid a little bit just because it's not going to be pleasant to be around them all the time. So they're an enemy to you. They're kind of hostile. They're hard to get along with. Um, it can also be as extreme as there was an Amber Alert this week. Um, I'm sure that everybody got that, and it ended uh, very tragically, and in my mind, uh, that person, I mean, my first instinct is that person does not deserve to live, that would kill a baby, and having two babies of my own, it's hard to even fathom that God would love that person, and that's not where we go, that's not where our, you know, default system goes to, we want justice, we want, we want Everything to be made right, and that's an enemy. That's an enemy to me. I don't even want to be. I don't ever want to meet to meet a dad that would take the life of his own child. I just don't, not purposely. And um, it's really hard to maneuver and, and strategize those situations where you can put yourself in here where Jesus is talking about loving your enemy in Matthew five forty three, and really applying it. And there's something else I want to talk to you just to measure some context of the of the Bible. Um, Jesus, on, on the Sermon on the Mount, he's addressing a lot of things that were custom, the things that were um, ordinary and thought of as, as the right thing to do in that time. And he's saying, you've heard this, but actually this. You've heard this, but actually this. And I've read that the majority of my life going, okay, he's changing the law a little bit, he's tweaking it. But the more you research it, he's not at all. And I want to kind of point to that a little bit in the, in the Old Testament. So Matthew 5, 43 you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do, you not, even, do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So we, we read that and we see that Jesus is saying, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. But what do we do with that? You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your, your enemy. When I first read that, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, you've heard it said that. That's what I think. I'm like, did the Old Testament say that we should hate our enemy? Because that's kind of what he's applying. He's getting at what they're used to doing. This is actually what God wants you to do. And what they used to, I mean, these were Pharisees that had spent their whole lives studying Scripture. And you think that they would know what, what they, should, they should be doing. They don't. <laughs> and we get, we get in that same mindset ourselves. If you read the Old Testament, the entirety of it, there's nowhere in the Old Testament that it says you should hate your enemy. In fact, it says something very similar to what Jesus is saying. 
Um, Exodus 23, 4 through 5, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to tell you um, what this is talking about. If you meet your enemies or a donkey going astray, this is an Exodus like Moses' time, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it. You shall rescue it with him. So back then, I mean, if you own a donkey or an ox, you're, pretty, you're doing all right. You could get all the work done um, way more efficiently. You're doing well. You had something to work with. And it's saying that if you meet your enemies and their donkey or their ox is going astray, bring it back to them. So someone that you have, that you have this enemy, someone that you don't want to be around, help them out. If the donkey's dying under the load of its burden, it's, it's laying there, help him rescue it. Jump in there and help him. That's an exodus. That's, that's Old Testament. Proverbs, if your enemy is hungry, Proverbs 25, 21, if, you're, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. Proverbs 24, 17, do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. So we read the Old Testament and realize that Jesus is not changing anything about the law. And that's what he said. I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. The Pharisees had what they call an oral, oral laws, oral traditions. And they would say these things that weren't necessarily documented in Scripture. They weren't doctrinally sound. It just seemed like that was the right thing that you should do. And that's what they were telling people. You heard that it was said, love your, enemy, or love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what they were telling people. That wasn't right. That's, why, that's one of the reasons why Jesus came to fulfill the law, to show us that love is the law, that God is love. And there's no love in hating your enemy. Last week we were talking about reclining, and I, I shared the story about my grandpa and sitting in the chair, hanging out with him. And that's easy. When you have those relationships where the love is mutual between you, or, or spouse, where you're just hanging out at night, you're back from your long day, and you're just being present with someone that you love and care about, that's easy. Um, that's, that's where you want to be all the time. You want to be in the presence of those that love and care about you. Um, being in the presence of those who do not is a lot more challenging. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do here. And last week I talked about the purpose. Um, we talked about that with our youth group quite a bit. Once you're saved and you know that you have that salvation, you know you're going to be with God in heaven, then why are we still here? Why are we still in this pain? Why are we still going through all this the, the stuff in this life that was never really meant to be? And we know that it's because we're, we're meant to bring others to Him. That's our job. That's our goal. And we can do that through reclining with people like Jesus did with Matthew, through helping them get their donkey out of a ditch, if you will, um, or just, you know, just being present, using that time to make intentional relationships with people, whether they are enemies or whether they're someone that we love, making time for everyone. And it's not easy at all. And I do not do a great job of it. I had to check myself a little bit this week um, back to Hawaii. So I'm up there, and I've been driving back and forth. I'm tired. Kids are tired. Everybody's kind of cranky. And yesterday, uh, Meredith and the boys, it was the first, first day up, there was an ag teacher that helped some of the students out throughout the week, and I hadn't seen him at all. And they were pinned close to us, and they had needed some ear tags, and they needed some taggers. Um, one, of them, one of their goats' hooves need trim, so I helped them trim those. I was just helping them out. We were there anyway. Well, their ag teacher showed up yesterday, and he was talking about how tired he was. That was his second time up there. And... <laughs> He was there for like five minutes, and then he disappeared. And I asked someone where he went, and they said, oh, he went to the hotel room. He was going to lay down and take a nap uh, and come back and pick us up tonight. I'm just like, people can actually do that and not get fired? So in my mind, I'd made him an enemy. I'm like, that's the dream job right there, to just show up and y'all have fun. See y'all when the show's over. I'll be at the room taking a nap. And <laughs> I've not seen him since, but I really am hoping 
that God works in me to not just, yeah, keep bitterness in, inside of me going, how in the world do people get away with doing such a terrible job at their job? <laughs> and uh, I think all of us can relate to that, just knowing someone who, you know, they're blessed, everything's going great, and they don't just put out a whole lot of effort into it, and we can make those enemies, we can become hostile to them really quickly, or I do anyway, just going, how, how? <laughs> How do you get by with that? And, you know, I'm just sitting there helping all their kids and everything, and that's what he's getting paid to be there for, but he's taking a nap. So it's hard. It's hard to show love to them, but I'm going to try, or not to them, but to him. But Jesus is saying that if he gets out there and has a flat tire, I need to jump over there and help him too and have a grateful heart in that and not have a bitter heart in that. And that's a lot easier to say than it is to do. And that's, I didn't know what I was going to speak about this morning. Uh, but this week kind of molded that all together. <laughs> and I just kind of worked through some of the experiences that I've had this week. And can, Jesus is the only constant thing that you will ever know. He's the only thing that's going to be eternally there, um, never changing. And a lot of times we read Scripture, we read New Testament, Old Testament, and we think, how do those go together? How do you have this God that wipes out cities? And then He, he sends His Son to die on a cross for us. And... You, know, you have justice, and you have grace, and you have love, and you have truth. And how do you balance all that? And you realize that in that tension, everything kind of holds together because he's in that tension, because he's got all those things figured out already. He, he is all of those things. He is justice. He is truth. He is love. And we don't understand all that, and we're not meant to understand all that right now, and that's okay. And when we meet those challenging people that we don't want to be around, he's saying the only way they're going to know about me is if you show them to me through love. And that's it. And that's the hardest thing to do, and it's the easiest thing to do at the same time. Because all we have to do is be present, like we was talking about last week. Be there, be present, and be willing to, even though people may not in our minds deserve the love or time that we give them, be willing to give it because he gave it to us. The salvation that we got through Him is free because He sent His Son to die on a cross for us. And we start realizing that we're probably those enemies that people try to avoid sometimes too. And I don't know what I would do to cause that. Because <laughs> I'm perfect, right? We're all victims in our own stories. And that's another thing I want to talk about this morning is, is if every time you share a story about yourself, and I've several, shared several up here this morning, where you're kind of the hero in it, you're the one that was there doing what you're supposed to be doing, we're probably missing it a lot of times. We probably need to look at the other person's perspective. You know, the other act teacher that wasn't there, he might have had a lot of stuff going on that I have no idea about. And I'm filling in the blanks going, it's your job to be here. But I don't know what his home life's like. I don't know what his relationship with his wife's like. I don't know if he has other side jobs he's trying to do to make a living himself. I don't know any of that. So I just jumped to a conclusion that he's not here. I'm having to help his students out. Where's he at? And when you think about full circle, what did God do for me? And what did I do to, to earn that? Nothing. Um, it makes it all seem okay. So I'm going to try this week to keep helping those kids out if they need it. And if he does, help him out too. And people that I find challenging, even though it may not be pleasant, at least God didn't say, spend all your time with them and make yourself miserable because of it. It's not what he's saying. <laughs> and thank you for that, Jesus. But uh, he is saying that if you come into contact with them and they're needing help, 
help them out. Be willing to step out there and show them love through action and help them, help them see God through your love. Because if we're hostile back toward them just because they're hostile to us and they're never going to see Him, if we're the ones that are supposed to point people to Him, then we have to work to point sometimes. And that's what I want to leave us with today. I don't want to talk forever up here because I'd just be saying the same stuff over and over again. So for once, um, you guys may get to go to lunch and eat somewhere before everybody else does. So I'm going back to OIA tomorrow, taking a few more students with me. Carson, now that he's heard this, um, he's going to help me stay accountable up there. <laughs> Even when I'm tired and cranky and maybe not want to help people out. So I want to encourage you this week to think about where other people are at, where other people are coming from, and you may not know. And don't fill that in with what's convenient for you because that's what I tend to do. I, I tend to look at it and go, okay, I'm doing all this stuff. Why aren't they? I'm here helping at this show. Why aren't they? And I don't look at, you know, I don't take the time to step out and spend some time with that person to realize that, okay, there's a lot of stuff going on that I didn't know about. Now that makes sense. And I think if we, if we took time, intentional time, to spend with people that are challenging to us over time, they may still be challenging, but at least you'll kind of know more where they're coming from so that you can know how to maneuver those relationships a little bit so it's not so hard every time. And through that, through our consistency, showing the consistency of Christ, since He's the only thing that's consistent, they'll be able to see Him through our love. So this week, if you have anyone challenging in your life, anyone that's hard to deal with, I'm sure no one's going to raise their hand if I say who does not have someone like that. Tyler, I won't tell her that you're pointing at her, Tyler. Hey, he's, your husband's pointing at you. Um, didn't you want to put her on a prayer list or something? <laughs> okay. Sorry, Tyler. I'll pray for you, Lindsay. Um, even if those are people that are close to you, we get, we get in our routine and things get hard because we don't take time to spend to figure out what's really going on. We just jump. One more little story. I know I said I was going to quit. Um, I had a girl up there, one of my students, and she was really panicking yesterday. It was her turn to show. And she called me. It was like 10.30 in the morning. And she's like, my pig weighs 338 pounds. It's never going to make weight. And the, the cutoff is 340. We turned it in at 328. And you can, be, you can be anywhere within 10 pounds. You cannot be over 10 pounds. So she's still in that window and everything's fine, but she's panicking. She thinks her pig's not walking right and she thinks that she's gonna show. She got there uh, early enough, she thought, but they were already on a, a, several classes ahead of what they, she thought they would be. So everything was just, it was crazy. And Meredith and I and the boys, I just talked to her on the phone, I was gonna leave it at that. And the more I thought about this, um, I had to work on myself a little bit. We walked over there and we spent, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes just talking through how everything goes. And it helped. I mean, she was calmer. Her parent was calmer. And it's hard to be obedient to God in those situations sometimes because you just want to just let it be and let it resolve itself. But we realize that when we are obedient to Him, to step out, spend a little extra time making sure that what their needs, whatever needs they have are being taken care of, or they're at least understanding what's going on. Um, God works all that stuff out, and it makes the day a lot more pleasant. So we are in control of how we react to situations. That's really the only thing we have control over. So make sure you're aware of that. They don't let those external things really affect how you treat other people, even the people that aren't related to those things at all, or how you're perceived to treat other people. Because 
that's our witness, and we can't take those things back. And we have to ask for forgiveness for all those things when we don't just think it through and spend some time with God and spend some time with people we love and spend some time with our enemies. Just spend time with people, whether you're reclining in a chair in a living room or walking a pig to a show ring or whatever is realistic to your world. <laughs> um, or sitting at state capitol going, two more years of this. Um, and we're praying for you too in that. I know mean, there's a lot of hard things coming up and uh, no one's going to be happy no matter what. Or no, not everyone's going to. Some people will be happy. Um, but there's going to be people that aren't happy no matter what's decided. So those are things that we don't have much control over, but how we react and how much we love and spend time with people we do. So that's what I want to encourage you to do this week is spend some time with God and those challenging people, making sure that you're showing His love to them so they can see Him in you. So that's all I got. That's a lot. <laughs> so we're going to pray and we're dismissed. Thank you guys for coming. Mark's going to be here next week. And uh, Tyler, thank you for leading the music this morning. And Blake and um, Ellie and Drew and Doug. And I think Ellie and Drew left. Or Ellie and Doug left. They're like, Clay's speaking again. <laughs> no, they had something to do. Regina and Joel were getting something ready for some family outing event. So they were going to do that. But like I said last week, we're blessed to have people step up and take roles no matter what we need. And thank you for that. So y'all have a blessed week. I'm going to pray for us and we're dismissed. Y'all hang out as long as you want to. Lord, we come today just thanking you for this morning you've given us just to reflect on you. God, thank you for sending your son to correct us. God, for uh, sometimes we think we have everything going right, like the Pharisees. We think we're doing everything by the book. And then you open our eyes and make us realize that it's not about anything that is... Uh, um, self-absorbed or gaining for just ourselves alone, God, to make us check off something from a list to feel good about ourselves. God, it's all about pointing people to you through love, to show them that you are love. And God, when we love people, that's the only way that we can show you to them. And God, I pray that that's our heart this week. No matter how exhausted from life we get, no matter how busy in life we get, God, we take time to uh, realize the important things, God, and that's you, and that's people. God, let us love you with all our hearts so we can share that love with people. So may we pray. Amen. Thank y'all. Y'all have a good week. <laughs>